I want to welcome you to the Drag Champ Show. The three amigos are leading this show, none other than Jake Hodge, Mr. Hoodrich, Ryan Gleghorn, and Gary Don Free, Mr. Drag Champ himself. Now, I wouldn't ride to the store with these three yahoos, but you put them together for some good old stories, some racing news, some results from all over the world. Now, that's a party you just don't want to miss. So, let's tune in, let's hang on, and let's get it on. I want to welcome you to the Drag Champ Show. All right, this week on the Drag Champ Show, we have the most recent winner in the Big Money Stable. He has basically like a farm team of future big buck race winners between his own children and their significant others and his adopted son. Just picked up a win, the first win in Mama Carol's Roadster, Bug McCarty. How you doing, bud? I'm good. How are you, sir? I am fantastic. Uh, are we back home in Hazelhurst yet? Yes, sir. The last time you went down the racetrack, your wind light came on, so you have to be feeling pretty good here today. Yes, sir. Obviously, y'all have a fleet of race cars. There's no shortage in your camp. Um, but y'all have been fighting with the Roadster for a little. You actually said, what was it, last week, that you were going to win in the Carol's Roadster before she did, and then come around Sunday, you're in the winner's circle with, uh, with Bailey and your dragster. Yes, sir. I mean, obviously that has to feel good in some sort of way because, A, uh, you have both cars in the final. So money-wise, that doesn't suck. Uh, and then, B, you kind of called your shot a week before. Yeah, it felt good. Um, I've always watched my daddy and the racers that drove for him and team members years ago. And I always thought that was pretty cool to see and to be able to do it myself. That was extra special. So what brought on the whole I'm going to win before you do in the Roadster? What, let's, let's talk about a little bit about that because you and Carol seem to have some fun on Facebook with each other. And I see you looking up. She's got to be hovering. <laughs> no, it's um, I built that car for her. It's actually hers, but it was built as a super gas car. She loves super gas, but she don't want to run quarter mile. So we run a little local series, Southeast Super Gas Association, and she loves it. But she says that is not a bracket car. You will never win a bracket race in that car. So when she told me that, I said, it might take me 20 years, but I'm going to win a race in that car, I promise you. So my Calais is getting headers and uh, new front struts. So I've had to drive it the last few weeks. I really tried. It just happened. Just blessed, really. Yeah, I mean, the thing looks like it works good. What's it going, 520s? Yes, sir. It's got to have decent power underneath it i know it american built that thing didn't they correct what size motor do you have in it it's got a 565 rear marson in it that kevin rodden won at the million in memphis several years ago i put him in the dragster shootout and he won it and he kept the car and i got the motor that's the motor nice that thing's running good so what does she not like about the quarter mile i think she's scared <laughs> <laughs> don't be scared carol a quarter mile won't hurt you <laughs> I'm not going to lie about it. I don't care for quarter mile racing either. Not at the speeds we run in today. Yeah. You can give me a slow car, the wagon, or one of our door cars. I run it, but I don't care to run quarter mile in that car or one of our dragsters. Yeah. It's, uh, I can tell you though, it is a lot of fun down there playing games at 170 and super gas and the quarter miles. So I don't know what it's like in eight, but the, the quarter's pretty fun. Got to give it a shot one day, Carol. <laughs> <laughs> So you were messing around with suspension on that thing and got it leaving. 
So what all were y'all, were you trying to get it set up more for the bracket racing or were you just playing around wanting to ride some wheelies since Caroline stole your wagon? A little bit of both, honestly. <laughs> if I drive a door car, it's got to pick the front tires up or I'm not driving it. Well, I see Tripp got to ride some wheelies in the Calais recently, right? Yeah, and he's in the green Camaro now. He t- took that from me. <laughs> you just can't keep anything. No. Maddox is finishing up my new car. When it gets done, they ain't none of them going to get to drive it. Is it the uh, old red Camaro? Yes, sir. I love that thing. That'll be cool. So you're not, you're not letting anybody steal that one from you then? No, sir. <laughs> yeah, and I thought Tripp's supposed to have a blazer or something. That's probably going to get done by the time he's like 30. This Tripp's, bla- Tripp's blazer's actually done. It's at R&R getting painted at the moment. Really? Yes, sir. So how many race cars is he going to have then? Uh, Tripp's only going to have one, and Caroline's only going to have one. Are you repopulating? That leaves me 11. (laughs) (laughs) That was what I was about to get to. How many does that leave you? I like that answer. 11? Is that serious? Yes, sir. Oh, wow. No wonder you have Bailey working for you. Somebody's got to maintain all that stuff. Yeah. I used to do it all by myself. My kids got older. They helped. But since Bailey's come along, it's really took a lot off me. And I think it's really showed my driving since he's come. Because before he came, I was really tired all the time. I was having... 30, 40, 50 lights, all pretty regular. Well, well now that Caroline's a, a certified model, I don't think she'll be getting her hands dirty much anymore, right? Is that, that changing now? Um, that's what she thinks, but <laughs> she's still going to get her hands dirty. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that was pretty cool, all the, the photo shoots and stuff y'all shared. I'm sure she had fun with that. Or maybe Mama had fun with that. Well, somebody did. Oh, I'm sure they did. I could tell you who didn't have fun with it, and that was Corey Galitti, because you could tell he was like – I got to dress up. He didn't look like he was having as much fun as everybody else. So, no, but, it was but, really cold that day, too. Oh, yeah. So, talk about Bales for a minute. I mean, Bailey has been killing it for the what since the million week, right before the million week. And he seems like every other week he's in a final, a big money final, or winning a race. So, what's up with that? I'm not sure. I think it's just honestly his time. Honestly, Trip and Caroline and Bailey and me, we usually play the practice tree two or three nights a week. And we all, we really go at it. They, um, we very competitive on the practice tree. And even at the races, we all talk a lot of smack and we try to back it up, you know, but that's just amongst ourselves. But Bailey's a hard worker and always thought he was a good driver. He just needed an opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I, I forgot what race. I think it might've been Memphis. We talked about it. It's like, you know, he's makes really good laps and eventually it's going to go his way. And then, right. It wasn't two weeks later, kids in three finals in four days. Yeah. And two of those were 50s. Yes, sir. And he hadn't slowed down. He's just in a 20K the other day. And didn't he win? Uh, did he win another race here recently in Florida? He's been, he's been close. He's been in the semis and in the two races in a row, but just blessed because I told him, I said, you better enjoy it, son, because it won't last forever. When you get that cold streak, you don't know how long it's going to last. Even when you get a win, you better enjoy it because you never know. You might not never get another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's I'm, been real cold on my race in front for like 20 years, so I understand that. So didn't y'all pretty much clean sweep in Florida at Orlando over the weekend? There were three 10s that turned into a 10 and a 20, and like y'all's whole team pretty much dominated that weekend? Yeah, well, Galitti got the first one. Chris did, and then it rained. They combined them two together, and then it come down to me and Bailey. Yeah, that. I mean, if, according to uh, 
Bailey's dad, it's all about the crew chief. Well, that particular weekend, it was not about the crew chief because neither one of them was there. (laughs) (laughs) Carol had to leave and Mike wasn't able to make it. So we kind of, Mike did phone in a few tips that helped. And then Carol had to leave and go back home. And she claims that she set me straight before she left, but that didn't happen. <laughs> I told you the other day, you live danger. You like to live dangerously. You're, you're still proving it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So over probably like the past month, I mean, you're not a big Facebook guy. No, sir. Like at all. For as long as I've known you, you're like, we've been friends on Facebook, but you might like something that's about as far as it goes. Right. Uh, and then you have been strangely vocal uh, about mainly the big money race scene and the way races are run. Um, I'm not going to say critical by any means, but more or less asking uh, our racing community's opinions on all these different subjects. Uh, I mean, you've been attending pretty much every major event, either you or someone in your family has for the past, what? 10 years, 15. Yes, sir. Uh, so, and obviously you are, you, I don't know if you'll ever admit to this. You are vastly respected in the big money game. And I would assume also in division two, whenever y'all do your, uh, a little class racing as y'all were doing, uh, why did you decide now to, I guess, come out publicly and ask people's opinions and then we can get into some of those things that you talked about later. Well, to be honest with you, I've just been, soaking up stuff for years and always said when trip got old enough to race that i would let it out and that's kind of what i've done it's not picking on no particular person or promoter or event it's just a lot of stuff that i see and i just let it out how i felt you know yeah I, honestly i mean and a lot of the things that you've brought up are very valid questions and they're not pointed to one person or another um but I've also seen on here that there's some some races that, like, I guess you're going to be involved in. It look like they're all at uh, Immokalee, or yes, you're sir. helping promote. I'm, I'm just, to- I'm not becoming no promoter by no means. Um, I'm very good friends with Mr. Ralph and Thomas, mm-hmm. and I'm just helping them with some shootouts at the end of the year for the Winter Series. Gotcha. And which, trying to change it up and make them cool and fun and enjoyable. Which... In my opinion, I think we need more stuff like that. Uh, I just all, can't hear you, Ryan. I'm sorry. Uh, I, in my opinion, I think we need more stuff like that. Uh, Absolutely. The these races with the three, four, five, six hundred cars. Uh, yeah, they pay really great, but that's good for about five to ten percent of the people that are there. Uh, yeah, I'm, I am definitely over the large car counts myself. I am yeah. not interested in that at all. It's hard to have a really good time when you're stuck. And, I mean, it's not like you can leave, especially, you know, if you're still in or anything like that. You're just kind of keep going. And then most of these races are getting pushed over, you know, in, like if it starts on Saturday, it's getting moved over into Sunday. If it starts on Thursday, it gets moved into Friday or maybe Saturday. And then it's just, it's brutal. From all aspects, from the racer side, from the people putting on the races, um, for the people working the races. I mean, um, I don't really want to be locked in the tower for 18 hours if I don't have to. But, you know, that happens sometimes. No, I agree uh, 100%. That's 
we are definitely going to look at races and really look at the flyer really good before we go. Because, I, like I said, I'm over the, the five 600 car stuff. It ain't fun. I'm tired of getting up at 8 o'clock in the morning, unloading, and racing 12, 2 o'clock in the morning. I'm 46 years old. I don't have to do it no more, and I'm not. You know, and I think a lot of people feel that way. Of course, the race for big money with low entry, you're going to have that. So I will pay more entry for less cars myself. Which that's, that's fair. Uh, I just, there's very few races that are like that. Uh, and I understand people want to race what's more affordable. 110%. I mean, I'm a, I come from a background of uh, my family has never really had a whole lot of money. And for me to go around a big money race, I mean, if my tab is a thousand dollars, let's say, I mean, that's, I mean, that's at least one week of a pay. That's at least one paycheck coming out of mine. Um, and it's really hard for someone like me who I'm by no means a fantastic bracket racer of any bulb you want to come off of. Uh, but just go out there and race and have a shot at that. I mean, that's tough. So, but at the same time, like I said, I don't want to sit there for three days trying to run the same race either. Well, we don't either. And that's the reason we're going to go to a lot more smaller races this year, because when we go to a race, we want to race. If we double enter, if we single enter, we want to race. Um, and we do it as a hobby. If we win, fine. If we don't, fine. But we go to have fun. Correct. No, and I think there's got to be something to bring the fun back into this. Well, I think you're going to see that coming. It might take a year or two, but um, my daddy has always told me and taught me that you don't ever get so high that you can't come back down. And I think that's exactly where big money bracket racing is headed. It's definitely going to come back down. One of my real good friends told me that, and he's right, you used to pick or have about three races a year that everybody wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. And now you can go to a big race about every weekend. Yeah. 30 years ago, you had, or not even 30, uh, you had the million, the original million, because we got four of those now. Uh, you had the original 50, you had, and you had the winter series. I mean, now you can race for 10 grand every weekend if you wanted to. Right. Uh, yeah, and go, it's look now, at, go look at how many entries are on the Loose Rocker Master Schedule for this year, which is just big money racing predominantly and NHRA. It's hundreds of races on that thing. I mean, throughout the year and pretty much there's certain weekends, there might be 10 races across the country that are paying 10 or more for two to three days in a row, all on the same weekend, all over the country. It's, right. it's amazing what else out there and how much is out there for sure. And that's not including the fifties and the hundreds and the millions and all that kind of stuff. Well, I like to race for big money as good as anybody, but I am over going to large part counts. You won't see me at but one million this year. Fair enough. You also, we discussed, I think it was the end of 19. You said you were wanting to do more foot brake races. Is that still something you want to do? Yes, sir. I, I will you... be attending. I'll be attending a good many. I just love it. It takes, it's more of a driver, not taking nothing away from nobody with a button. But if you want to have some real fun, get you a car and take your delay box out and do it with your feet. Oh, you're 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 preaching to the choir. I am uh, predominantly. I like to come off the bottom. That's just that's just my deal. Um, and I think it is just as competitive off the bottom as it is off the top. 
and it's a whole lot more difficult to do. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it makes it more gratifying. Like if, like for example, if you make it deep in one of the loose rocker races or one of the uh, foot brake challenge races, it makes it a whole lot more gratifying getting down to the bottom of one of those than it does anything else. Right. Well, it's like I tell my kids, really, anybody can let go of a button. You know, you can stick anybody in a car and a few laps, they're ready to go. But when they got to do it with their feet, that separates everybody there. I agree. Yeah, it makes a big difference. I mean, my kid, when we were getting ready to go to uh, Gleghorn's uh, practice tree race, he was like, well, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be able to compete, Dad. Because, you know, in his junior, he's not the best on the tree. He's, he's pretty good at times, and then he's sporadic and – so I said, well, just do it off the top. And so he starts practicing. He's horrible. Two days into practicing, he's like, uh, I'm just going to go and watch. I said, just keep practicing. First round, he's 10, or I think he was 10, double O, and 06, the first three hits in eliminations that day before he went right. red a couple of times. And I'm thinking, that was better than me. And I've been, you know, leaving off the top and practicing a hell of a lot more than you. So it's much easier to, to get used to that and to leave off of it and start getting consistent. But put them on the bottom, and, man, it, that's where uh, it gets tough. Yeah, and I think the guys that – these races that are letting the guys use their choke cables or throttle cables, whatever they're doing, they need to do away with that too. If they put it on their flyer, you know, I'm a big fan of the flyer. Whatever you put on a flyer, that's the way it needs to be. I can't agree to that. Well, even even maybe have a website that you have all those details too, like here's my series or – here's my stuff for this race. Here's, you know, cause sometimes it's hard to read that flyer they get pretty small and blurry and Facebook, you know, you try and zoom in, you can't read it. And, but, uh, well, that fine print down on the bottom will get you every time. If you don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Or at least like I've been to races before they print out the rule sheet, all every single rule they got in a hand to you whenever you get your tech cards. Yeah. Something like that would be right. I think it'd be acceptable. So well, I got a couple of questions. So, Bug, you're you're talking about swapping feet. So, do you have a problem with people leaving off the bottom with a trans brake button, or do you want to separate those, or is it all just off the bottom? Doesn't matter if you're letting go or swapping. I like leave. I like leaving off the bottom with a button also, but I prefer to do it with the feet. Okay. And I think if you're going to have a race, a true foot brake race is the best to have. Yeah, that's that's the racing I started with and grew up racing. First, probably ten years of my racing career. So. Not sure I've ever even left off the bottom off a trans brake. Sometimes I leave off the trans brake on the bottom in my dragster if I'm struggling just to change stuff up. Okay, that's my next question. So in Texas, we've had some dragsters that race in the no box class. Thoughts? I love it. But I'm a firm believer if you're going to allow any type of vehicle in a no box or foot brake race, the delay box has to be out of the car, period. Yeah, I think that's... That's definitely all the Texas races, right, Ryan? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, you, your stuff has to be out of the car around here, uh, at least at our track. Yeah, everywhere I've been, I think that's that's a given that there can't yeah. be a delay box in the car. But yeah, because we, I mean, we've had guys, you know, try to throw a towel over it or something like that. But <laughs> well, I don't know. If, I don't know if you guys know Tim Butler from Florida. Yeah, absolutely. As a kid, he's he's like a idol to me. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, he had a dragster with car tires on the front that he foot braked. Yep. I didn't realize he foot braked that. I remember seeing him as a kid. Like, he was one of the people that you just knew tore it up in Florida in the, what, the 80s and 90s, probably, early 90s. Yes, you sir. saw him all the time in that dragster. 
And you didn't see a lot of that in NHRA, in the national dragster, a lot of bracket racing results. But when you saw some, that dude, if it was a Florida race, he was probably in the final or winning it. I hope that I can live old enough to still be winning races at his age because he lost at three cars Sunday to Bailey and actually had Bailey beat. He was perfect in 2000. But he's been on a he's been on a hot streak here lately. Also, that's pretty cool. Yeah, was he was he down to the semis we all this weekend? Yes, sir. Let's talk about some of these. You said you got some shootouts you're wanting to help with the end of the year next year. Let's talk about this because I thought I saw one that about staging with your back tires. Yes, sir. Let's talk it's about kinda, that one real quick. It's just something that I thought up that just to be different. And of course, you're going to run your fastest ET you ever been in that particular car um and then staging you know if you're in a dragster and you got to run a door car and you you should be out there pretty close to the tree so you shouldn't have it no excuse that you couldn't see the bub yeah i, th- I think it'll be hilarious and it's going to pay five thousand to win guaranteed i mean it sounds like a hell of an idea and it would definitely what, what makes it fun is we've always made fun of people to try to stage with the back tires so that is- that's going to be fun no buybacks no doubles you're just drawing from random tech cards? Yes, sir, out of a bucket. Gotcha. No hanky-panky. Well, easy enough. So what kind of hanky-panky have you seen? You've been around uh, a long time. Calling him old? I ain't going to say that I've seen any, but it, to me, if you put it out there in front of people when you do it, that there just ain't no second guessing. Yeah. Very true. The only thing I don't like is just pull into the lanes and go pull two lanes out in a row. I'd least like to random pick the lanes that you're going to pair against each other or something. Right. I just, I don't know. I know the the old saying, you pulled in the lanes wrong, but when you just have two lanes and everybody pulls up and then they just pull them straight out of that, it's kind of like, I, I like the randomness of not knowing who you're going to run until you get up there closer and they actually pull you out or something. So, Right. Most people can whatever, manipulate whatever that a little bit. Right. Whatever makes it fun, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some of those people who like to get in line, they figure out who they have, and they like to turn out of the lanes, too. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that definitely has been happening. Yeah, no, I mean, I watch, I've watch. i seen that happen multiple times at different events. It's not just one person. So we had a race people. recently that they were pulling lane. They were pulling cards. There was like seven cars left in the juniors, and all the kids line up in the same lane. And I'm like, well, nobody's going to pull cards now. They're just going to pull you out one after the other. So I told myself, get in there the lane and just just so they pull a card, you know, just get some randomness to it, you know. Right. They still just pulled us all out and said, to heck with it. Just y'all were lined up, just pull it. And I'm like, it didn't really matter who you're going to run, but I like the randomness of it. I don't like the predictability of some of that. So, so what other kind of stuff you got scheduled to have fun at a race? I got some more stuff that I'm going to post. Uh, just um, it seemed like that that people was. You'd go to the race and people say, well, when are you going to make another Facebook post? I was like, well, I got plenty to post, but you might not like it. But I got some other stuff I'm working on and got to approve it through Thomas and Mr. Ralph before I can post it. But it's going to be some cool stuff. Yeah, I thought I saw something about like a quick 16 or something like that. Yes, sir. See, that's pretty- I got one that I'm going to post pretty soon. It's going to be called the Team Tussle. Okay. It should be interesting. Well, I can't wait to read that one. Uh, just I like to keep all of them around 16 cars, 16 to 32 car shootouts and keep mm-hmm. it affordable. And all of them is going to pay five grand to win. I mean, that's fair. I mean, you got to turn on five wind lights for four or five wind lights for five grand. That's, that's more than fair. Right. And then I like the quick deal. I mean, growing up, shoot, we had at Texas Raceway, we had three different quick classes you could run. 
you had uh, they called it quick open wheel, but basically top dragster, uh, a quick door car class, and they had a quick foot brake class. And right. there, there was nights in the quick foot brake class if you couldn't go like faster than six flat, you weren't getting in. Yeah. So it's fun. It, they pay, yeah, they pay in five grand this Saturday down there, and they're having a quick door car and roadster, and it's going to pay five hundred dollars low et. That's pretty cool. I mean, do you think you can qualify number one? No. No, not even close. Definitely not. So 520 is not the number one qualifier. We got some 470 cars out here coming. I'm sure. So let's talk about some of those posts. You, made. you talked about house cars. What are, you, what are your thoughts on house cars and bounties and what, what kind of led to that post and what did you learn from the responses? Uh, some people like it. Some people don't. But, I mean, let's be for real. There's definitely house cars out there, and that's why I made that post. Why not just – Call them to the lanes first, and then if you put them out, give the people that puts them out a little extra. I don't think they really want them to go out early. I think they kind of want them to win so the promoter can do better, right? Right. That's right. That's the whole whole reason to put a bounty on. <laughs> yeah, it kind of defeats the purpose of having the house car, right, Ryan? And, and not only that, uh, just knowing some select members of our racing community, if they were to find out like legitimately who was and who wasn't there's some of those racers who may not leave the racetrack in the same shape they showed up in. Right. Uh, so that could be, uh, but you know, that's part of the deal. Uh, not that I think, uh, not that who's paying their entry. I don't think has that big of, of a difference on the outcome of the race, but at the same time, it's kind of like, come on, man. Well, it ain't something that's just started. It's been going on for years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, there's been. Go ahead. Uh, I mean, that's been going on at select races forever. Anywhere. Right. It's where that tower power comes in. If there, was a, if there was an actual thing called tower power, I'd be a fucking millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If there was a button or a switch that could turn someone's uh, wind light on no matter what, you know what? I would have it. I would have copies of it. I'd be selling them to racetracks across America. <laughs> I'd have people lined up out the announcer's boot paying for me to turn it on. What did Kahootek say? He wished he had one of those a few times in his life. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so so house cars we're not a big fan of. No, sir. Well, it's not so much we don't we're not a big fan. We mainly want to know who's a house car and who's not. That's right. A little transparency, I guess, is what we're saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that's what a lot of his if you really just read the posts he's putting out that's what a lot of it is just transparency from promoter to racer uh it's not you know trying to call anyone out by any means it's just like hey man as a paying customer in bug's case i mean he rolls in with six or eight entries i would kind of like to know uh everything if i can I, or at least not have anything hiding from the rest of us that's correct. Well, I think that's what happens, you know, as we've gotten these six, seven, eight hundred or six, seven hundred car entry fields and the money now you're spending two grand at entry. And some people are, like you said, Buck, you may roll in with four, five, six entries and two grand a pop or something or three or whatever the number is. You start doing the math. It really puts more pressure on these promoters because, you know, the anonymity they had in the past where it was just a $5,000 race, nobody cared. It's a hundred, $150 entry and wasn't a big deal. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're rolling there spending 15, 20 grand a pop for a race. You 
kind of want to know like what's going on with the money, you know, or what's going on, what to expect. And it just changes the rules a little bit or the uh, rules of engagement, I guess you would say. Well, that's true because I mean, most people on on average is just paying for their one entry where I'm having to pay for multiple. And of course I would sit out and let my kids and wife race, but I want to race just as good as they do. You know, we all competitive and we want to show one another up. So yeah, it does make a difference when you go to paying that kind of entry. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely uh, there's definitely more pressure from all ends uh, when the entry fee gets higher and the purse gets higher. I mean, you, I, I'm friends with. I would feel like at least a good chunk of on people on the big money side. You kind of see like late in these races, uh, people's personalities change uh, and in a hurry from both sides of who's putting on the race and who's racing the race. Right. Especially as, uh, like, they, I, you can see the same person they put on a race that pays, you know, five or $10,000 win, and they put on a different race that pays, you know, 50 or 100 or whatever. And the stress level is different, for sure. Well, the problem with that is, I think, is, is these larger purses is too top-heavy. I can you know, also agree pay, with that. If you pay 50000 to win and it's 3500 or 5000 runner-up, the problem is when you get the five to 16 cars, if there's a select few racers that's in and then you got people that maybe their chances ain't as great seems to the other ones and they think they can take them out, they ain't even going to talk to split. Well, then if those said racers beat those guys and beat them, then they go home with basically nothing. You know, I think if you pay 50 grand to win, you need to take and cut that in half and take that other 25,000 and put it down through the, the payout. I can agree with that. It sucks. You know, you, sometimes you go to these races and you're like, man, you know, I was, you go all these rounds and you're like, I still don't feel like I came home with nothing. Right. Um, I, think, yeah, that, I think that's where loose rockers kind of go in with some of their payouts and, you know, their fat fives they used to have and things like that. I don't know if they still do the fat fives, but, you know, you can actually, a, a racer like myself, that's not going to be, you know, the guy racing and competing for the win on a week to week basis. But let's say I go make, six rounds or seven rounds in a night, you know, if you roll out of there with a little bit of money, you felt like you did good. And uh, it probably doesn't take much off the top to do that. And the guy that wins, that's, you know, the big name player, they're going to get their piece anyway. So, right. But it's tough to go all those rounds. And, you know, I've heard people say they've made 35 passes in a weekend and basically got some gas money is about all they got back out of it. So they went, you know, three or four days and just were making tons and tons of rounds, but really never won anything. Right. Our goal is to go and at least try to pay the tab. And if we don't, that's fine too. But my main thing is to go one round further than my teammates. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to so love far, So far in 2021, I'm the only one that has not had to buy back yet. Oh, wow. And y'all, y'all raced at least three times this month. Yeah, we've, we've raced three or four, but, and that'll probably change this weekend. I'll probably have to buy back first round. <laughs> Right, I sense there's a little uh, family rivalry in the McCarty household. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was I was parked across from y'all at uh, I guess that was Holly Springs at Axford Trace, and that was the most fun part. Just walking over there and like hearing them talking amongst each other. That's the that was the best deal. That's got to make it fun. So obviously, when your kids were small and coming racing with y'all, that's that's a great time for them to grow up at the races. But how has that changed now that both of them are? You have driving age and racing and competing. Is it is it just getting more fun or is it just a different kind of fun? 
as soon as they got out of juniors and I sold them, it become a lot funner. <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing we weren't a junior dragster fan. We met a lot of nice people and met a lot of friends, but I did not care for those. Yeah, I was scared of them because I've heard that so much. But I will say that I've really thoroughly enjoyed my first four or five months in the junior world. But we started at 790, so I hear it's a lot easier to mess around with a 790 car than one of those 1290 cars or whatever they are. Oh, yeah. I still laugh when when, uh, Carrie Carr posts their photos of Shane griping and cussing and counting his cuss words because he's dealing with that little car, Dylan. (laughs) Yes, sir. It'll make you pull your hair out. Oh, yeah. Can only imagine. Man, I'm glad I was selfish and held off as long as I did. So, all right. So, what else do we talk about? New entry time trials. So, what is a new entry, by the way? Because it seems like the new entry time trials go on for a couple hours at these races or more. Yeah, that just happened this weekend. Um, and there again, if you put it on the flyer, however it is stated, I'm good with it. But to me, a new entry time run is if the car or driver has not been down the track. Period. I'm okay with that. I mean, that's, I'm good with that. Either that, or if the car has not been down the racetrack, either one of those, well, I think I'm okay with. I, like I said, I'm cool with either, with the car and or driver or uh, just the car. But the, the, my only, I guess the only uh, complaint you could get with if the, if it just the car is if you have someone, you know, most people only have one race car and you get some people who are off there that have two or three or, whatever and they say it was like they're playing all along to save a car to get a time run the next day or whatever absolutely i agree 100 percent. but no we've uh the new entry time run deal has been a uh, been a problem forever ever since it was a thing so is the abuse coming from is the abuse coming from like two drivers and two dragsters and they just flip cars the next day and say it's a new entry but it's really both cars and both drivers have been on the track is that where they're abusing it Yes. Yeah, some of some of that happens, but I kind of like where now they give a inch give a time run one day and then there's no more time runs the rest of the weekend. Yeah. Tommy Phillips used to have a race called the uh, Lone Star Summer Shootout and you made time runs the first day and then there were no no more time runs come Saturday and Sunday at all. Uh, I jumped the last year he had it I raced on Sunday. And I had not been down the racetrack at all. And he's like, well, Flyer says there's no time runs. Okay. Which, you know, I'm cool with that. We got a buyback round. That's what I was about to say. There's a buyback round for that, right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it, that's perfectly fine. As long as the same for everybody. In that case, it, it most definitely was. No one got a time run. See, growing up, before we had buybacks, we would get three time trials at my local track. And then you go into first round. Oh, and then oh there was no gosh. buyback. You just went home. Well, then when they started the buybacks, we're like, well, we don't need three time trials and buybacks. We're going to be here all night. So we just cut to two time trials. And then if you needed a third one, that was what first round was for. That's right. Yeah, time trials are overrated. I leave, it's kind of like my golf game. I leave all the good stuff on the practice range. So I just tend to not practice too much (laughs) and not waste all my good runs. (laughs) All right. How about tech cards? Tech cards, when when should they stop selling tech cards, bud? Tech cards should be over after the last time run goes down the track i think so what was the race ryan at bowling green recently where they just they had no buybacks but you could keep re-entering until you just got tired yeah of re-entering? it was uh it used to be called the 10 tuck mm-hmm. um and now it's called 10 g at b at bg which i like bowling green it's i haven't been there in god probably 10 years love that track but um 
originally their format was you could double, but you'd have two different cars and there was no buybacks and they'd run two races a day. Well, now uh, you can buy as many entries as you want, but you can only have two go to second round. Uh, And I've talked, I wasn't there for the last one, but I've talked to people who were that were parked, you know, pretty close to where you had to buy back at. And when you see the same person come by five or six times in first round, it's it's a little out of control. And what did they, I thought they had 610 entries. They had or race cars, and they had like 610 with all the entries and re-entries. Yeah, they had 610 entries because pretty much everyone bought three or four of them. Because if you didn't get two entries to first round or to second, you would just keep buying back until you are re-entering. Oh, you just keep buying entries as much as you want to. <laughs> I guess that's an interesting thing to do. Oh, it's great if, as a promoter. That's better than a buyback for a promoter. Yeah. Or in, that, in their case, the racetrack. Uh, I mean, you make more money off of entries than you do a buyback. Yeah. Buybacks are usually half, right? Or roughly. If not, uh, well, it depends on where you go. Sometimes the buybacks as much as the entry fee is. But can be. That, that, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> so, Bug, what kind of things have you seen on your years on the road with these uh, selling entries into the second round or buyback round or during first round? What kind of games have you seen played there? I've seen a little bit of it all, but a lot of them I just keep selling entries until first round's over. I'm not a fan of that neither. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. What about the jackpot stuff where you can – lose a round and then you get back in so many one person gets back in later in the rounds what if, that seems kind of gimmicky to me yeah i'm not interested in that neither or mulligans that's i went to one race that had a mulligan and that's about the stupidest thing i think you could ever have so that's where you basically will you get to buy back whenever you need it not necessarily first or second round right yeah i heard a the track race. in texas is debating on doing one of those yeah the race just never gets over you never know when the race is going to end because you don't know who's got a mulligan and who don't yeah you can get down to the semis and now you you beat somebody but then they got a mulligan right right no i mean it's just i'm gonna say this and this is gonna hurt some people's feelings but if you need to do things like mulligans and lotto tickets and stuff like that i I mean in my opinion your race just isn't that good i agree 100 percent. i mean you're and you're trying to just make you're you're trying to get more money out of the racer that's already given you a fair amount. Uh, I mean, I don't like two rounds of buybacks either. I I really don't like buybacks, but uh, I, two rounds of buybacks that's just it seems a little much to me. Me and yeah. you think a lot alike because I hate two rounds of buybacks. Also, I don't even like one round of buybacks. Yeah, I They're mean, short race. I I was talking to somebody about this other day. Growing up where I was at. I didn't go to a race that had buybacks until I started racing when I was eight. And I didn't go to a race that had buybacks until I was like 12 because we didn't have, them. it just wasn't something that I was used to. Right. Well, it also uh, cheapens kind of first around for me. Like I hate buybacks. I didn't grow up with them when I finally started. I think I've told this before, but when they finally started having them, it seemed like if I lost first round and bought back, I would lose second round. Like, and it was just really hard to take two ass kickings in one day. I was only used to getting one, you know? And then when I double entered and started trying that and started losing like four times in a day, that just got to the point. I'm like, shit, I don't even want to double. Cause if (laughs) it's just too hard to take, man, I just can't, you know, one, one, one ass kick in a day is enough for me, but I know, I know a lot of, you know, people have gotten accustomed to it and I know it's a part of the game, but uh, I wonder how big a race you could put on and how many people would show up with no buybacks and, you know, stuff like that. 
I don't know. I, you know, you get on Facebook and people talk about it. They talk about how they hate buybacks. And they hate double entries and stuff like that. But, you know, you see people try to go out on a limb and do races without them and they don't get much support. I think that everybody wants true. that insurance. You know, when they tow 460 miles, they just want more than one shot at it. And I get it. I mean, I, I agree with them. It's tough when you go to an NHRA race and travel halfway around the country and go out first round on a Friday. You traveled since Tuesday and you're like, we're just done. So at least with a bracket race, you got another shot or you got another day or something like that. So that's right. I, I can appreciate that for sure. All right. What other things do we have on here? Bye bye. Uh, bye runs. How do you like to see bye runs determined? Well, the first one, it can be random drawed, but there again, it needs to be done in front of everybody instead of just pulled in the tower. And then I like the old school stuff where the first four cars flip for the buy room. And that's oh, a way to get cars to the lanes because a lot of times they call cars and call cars and they won't show up to the lanes. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started. So is that each round or? Yes, sir. Wow. I've not heard that, but that's pretty cool. Brian, what are your thoughts? Back when, Even when I first got started in big cars, as we're playing with dog toys down here, we always drew cards. So that's kind of what – and even at Ardmore, we draw cards to pair everybody. Um we we've also accustomed the uh, uh, reaction time gets the buy at all of our stuff now. But uh, like first round, it's random. Uh, what do you draw cards for a lane and for a number in that lane? Or yeah, you know that way you know you got more options. That uh, that's how and that's how it was at Texas Raceway too growing up, and it was that way every round. Uh, draw lane four, third car back, and that person got the buy. And I don't. What about carrying the buy? I mean, shouldn't it? Do you think it should be carried three and four rounds, or should it just be some semblance of every round it be drawn for in some way? I don't like for the buy to carry myself, and I've won races where I did have the buy and it carried, but I don't think that's fair to the rest of the racers. Um, what I've often thought is, as far as the carrying deal, I it doesn't bother me one way or the other. But what I thought is, if you're going to carry and some of the next round is better than what you were. They have the buy now. That way it makes you still be competitive. That's a good idea. That is a good I, idea. I mean, so let's say, you know, at 10 or at 20 cars, you were, you know, 004 and that got you the buy. Well, someone at 10 is perfect. They have the buy now. You should have been better. I think, I don't know. I feel like that's pretty fair. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good way of doing it. I don't know if I have a way. I mean, it is weird carrying the buy two and three rounds. You know, I guess if you keep it, if you keep winning, then you've earned it somewhere along the way. So it didn't like you just got, it wasn't just given to you, but it is kind of strange to me to carry something two and three rounds off of one light. So, yeah. I have a question for you that you haven't brought up, but I've had some people local to me bring it up. Um, you have raced on the door car side and you've raced on the dragster side since they've been separated for. Well, they've been, sep- they've been separating now for, what, 10 years, 12 years, something like that. Uh, pretty much every race, door cars go first, which in turn, uh, if they're doubled, gives them more time to double, unless you're at a race that separates them entirely where you have a door car winner, dragster winner, which they they separate them, say, they say because it's more fair for the door car driver, which at this point, I don't know if that's fair or not with so many people in door cars winning races right now. Um, do you think at these races that where they separate door cars and dragsters and it's not uh, 
a door car winner, dragster winner, where they all get combined to eight cars, whatever. Do you think that door cars should be allowed to come and pull up with their second entry or whatever with the dragsters? That's a good question. I just spoke to somebody about this because it's not fair to the dragster guys. You know, I think either the dragsters need to get to go first one day and at mid Michigan, they're 50 grander to have every year. That's the way they do it. Door cars run first one day, dragsters run, they, they back in two. Mm-hmm. But personally, I think just put them all together and let them run like the old days. That's the way they do it immokalee on a regular Saturday night. Door cars and dragsters are mixed together. See, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. Um, obviously, we've seen car counts go up since they started sep- – door car car counts go up since they started separating. Do you think that would scare off some of those guys? Yes, sir, I do. No? I don't know. You should think there should be like some sort of like deal like, hey, if you're a door car and you're doubled, you have to have – when the last door car goes down, no more door cars are allowed to lanes. Well, this is my thing on doubles. If you go in a racetrack and they take your money, mm-hmm. they're not responsible for you to make it back to the lanes you are. But I see Correct. so many promoters that wait on somebody to come back and everybody else is sitting there or standing there watching it. That's bullshit. If you okay. can't make it back in time, you should be out. The only time I would say otherwise is if you're doubled, let's say at like 16 or 8 or something, where it's almost impossible right. to be the first car to go down, come back around, and be back. Right. You know, I agree with that. Um, but for like most of these races, we'll say the first three or four rounds, absolutely. No, there's – and that's a problem that gets caught up in a lot of these races with doubles is there's usually one guy who's having a good day, and for whatever reason – can't get his car back in the lanes in the proper amount of time or comes up late for the first one and then tries to do their whole normal routine for the second entry and then you're sitting there waiting on the guy. Um, Right. So why does it take so long for these guys to, in the late rounds, to get back up to the lanes? I have no idea what they're doing. Our stuff will cool off. We can make a run and go right back. Yeah, I mean, I haven't doubled my car a lot, but, I mean, I can pretty much round robin it within a 10 minutes or less and it'll run the same damn time within a couple of thou or, or to the thou. So I tell when I double, I just come back, fuel it, make sure the tips down just a little bit, might put a fan on the transmission for a minute and then just head right back up there. And that's right. I just, if it's weird when you're watching these, you know, big money races late, it just seems like it's 45 minutes in between the, semi in the final or something you're like okay they they're not negotiating that long what are they doing because they keep calling them back to the lane calling them back to the lane well i I think think that's a that's a problem too you know they go to dragging their feet the racers do and the track people do you don't have to call me to the lanes i promise you (laughs) yeah especially for a final you think you get up there on time you get some people like well you never called us so what the fuck do you think we're waiting on (laughs) (laughs) do you think there's someone else that Something else that's going to go down the racetrack before you run the final? The whole thing we've been waiting for all day? No. That's right. Well, I know it's not the same, but the first time I got laid on a, at an NHRA national event, and, uh, and even at a points race, you roll up there about the quarters or whatever round it is, and you're getting late, they'll open your door right before you pull out for that round and say, if you win, come right back. And when they say that's come right. right back, they mean, like, you take about 10 minutes, but you better be back because we're going to keep rolling. Yes, so, sir. Uh, you definitely, and they may have you sit there for an hour once you get back up there, but they damn sure want you there and paired up and in the lane. And, you know, I didn't ever trust them to wait on me. So I never tested that theory too much. Right. I've seen enough people get left 
at any trade events. They, it, for all their criticisms, the, when they say come back, they don't fuck around on that. No. They, uh, they yeah, get they, with it. it. They just don't leave it open to interpretation, I think. It's not, hey, this no. is your final, final, final call. Right, yeah. you could probably do an impersonation of an announcer calling for the 15th time. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Who was the one that, that dropped the F-bomb that told him to come? There was some announcer on the, up in like Pennsylvania or somewhere they said just basically dropped I, the F-bomb. I've only ever dropped the F-bomb the microphone one time. <laughs> and I was, it was at Bellrose. It wasn't last year. It was the year before, I think. And I was waiting on Brad Clark, and Brad Clark's my buddy. I was waiting for him to come back around for the final. And I bet you I called this dude 16 times to the lanes. And I, something had happened. I don't know. Their water pump broke or something like that. They're trying to change water pump. And I finally just said, Brad Clark, get your fucking ass to the lanes now. <laughs> and about two minutes later, here comes here comes Brad Clark. So apparently it worked. Um, I probably can get away with that much more than once. Yeah. But... Uh, well, well, Bug, just out of respect, that's the first F-bomb we've dropped in an hour-long episode. That might be the longest he's gone without dropping an F-bomb. I've said F-bomb. like six, but <laughs> um, no, it's it does get irritating when you're waiting on these guys. It's like, come on, guys. You know, well, yeah, because there's nothing else going on. I mean, everybody's just no, sitting. Not just that, but it's like we're not driving fuel cars over here. Like, you ain't got to take the clutch out of it. You ain't got to take the heads <laughs> off of it. You know, they're over there lapping vowels. <laughs> yeah. Re-ringing like, the motor. <laughs> you're doing what, exactly what everyone else is doing. You've put, put a battery charger on it. You put fuel in it. And you might've put a fan on it. Oh. Yeah. Like, especially a dragster. I mean, the first time I drove a dragster, it was cold outside. And of course I'm always used to, you got the fan, the water pump, you're trying to keep a door car cool, you know, and I drive a dragster and I'm coming back and the damn thing's going down. The temperature's dropping to like 135 and I'm thinking, what's broke on this thing? I just didn't realize when it's, you know, 45 degrees outside in a dragster, you don't need a fan. You don't need a, a fan, just a pump will do it for, you know. So they actually will cool themselves off. I don't understand why some of this takes so long, but maybe because they're cool and I'm not. Kind of like backing up. How many times do you back up through the water, Bug? to back, you know, and pull back through in your dragster. Well, I don't do it unless there's not enough water down there because at Chad Axford's race in Crossfield, nobody would put no water down. So I pulled up there and I got out of my car with my helmet on and got the water hose and sprayed me some water down. <laughs> I watched that. I mean, that's just, it goes back to common sense. Some people just don't have common sense. No. Well, the opposite of that is with the juniors, there's always that one guy that wants to put down a bunch of water. And I'm like, None of the juniors really give a damn about water. Half of them don't do a burnout anyway. Right. But for some reason, they like to spray water for the juniors, but not for the actual race cars. Well, Bug, we've been on here for a little over an hour. I feel like we've got your opinion on pretty much everything. As quiet of a man you are, you definitely spoken up. Uh, I, one for one, appreciate you being vocal on some of these things, as if anyone else would have done it, they would have got destroyed on Facebook, but I think you're respected enough that no one's going to do that to you. Uh, anything else you want to say before we sign off? I do have a question for you. Okay. What What do you think about the people that won't stage? When you go to these big races with large car counts and you get these people that gets in staging duels, and uh, I just watched one. I just watched one. I was sitting in the stands because I got where I watch a lot at races, and I was sitting in the stands at Orlando. And we had two guys in. It wouldn't stage. What's your take on that? Well, 
I've been on both sides of this. I've been on the racer side of it, and I've been on the uh, operation side of it. If it's... Gosh. It kind of, for me, it depends on the event. Like, I know a lot of people think station duels are stupid, but, like, if there's, like, 250, 200 cars, and it's two buddies up there, whatever. But if it's, like, there's, like, three, four, five hundred cars, and you two guys are trying to sit here for four and a half minutes, like, come on. Like, let's, like, my day's long enough. Like, I don't need you two trying to look cool on Motor Mania TV so you can screenshot this later and send it to all your buddies in your group chat or whatever. Like, look at me. Look how cool I am. But uh, I agree. I agree 100%. I've tell my bunch, if they're going to do a staging duel, they better melt the motor before they stage first. Oh, yeah. No. But I, I, uh, I, I think that it's time that uh, and me and a guy is working on it. Somebody might beat us to it. But we're trying to work on a shot clock. See, the shot clock idea has been around for a while. Uh, God, who was it? Was it a bruise that talked about having one? But then the only problem with the shot clock is you're going to have people trying to abuse the shot clock. They won't be able to abuse it if it's done right. I mean, people trying to stage at like three, two, one, you know, oh, right yeah. about, you know, you're going to have right. that too. I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to all sides. Of it. I mean, I like it. And the fact that, and I hate to do this, but dragsters take longer to send a pair of than door cars. Absolutely. For, I mean, mainly just because they want to try to send the burnout like 450 feet, but that's a whole different conversation. And then they got to back up and they got to clear it out six or seven times. And then they got to roll forward. Then they got to stop. They got to adjust their gloves. They got to roll up, stop again, uh, make sure their helmet's on straight. You know, I don't know. It takes like two minutes to send a pair of dragsters almost. And it takes like right. 45 seconds to send a pair of door cars. Yeah, I think it should be set at a minute. If you could get everybody in a dragster to stage within a minute, I would be mind blown. Because there's some of these people who can't do a burnout and back up in two minutes. I agree. Uh, well, I think the question about the, the staging duels is more about why does everyone think they have to stage last? Or why does some people just think it's their right to stage last every single time? Because they're the ones I think that people start figuring that out and then they start wanting to go, well, I'm not staging first on that dude. And I don't really care right. if I stage first or last. I mean, if, if I want to stage last, I'll sit there for 10 seconds or something. And then I'm just going to like, you know what? They're not going in. I'm, I'm moving on. I'm not going to get off my game because I'm trying to play their game, you know? So, right. But I think there's people well, that just refuse people, to stage first. Right. Well, there's some people, most people think that I have to stage first. I don't have to. I'm just ready to go. Yeah, I think for me, you know, for, for the longest time I get in and I don't really have a preference. It just depends on how I feel when I pull up there. And it depends on if the other person's going in or not. I mean, if I roll up right. there and free stage and they roll right in, then I'll take a breath, roll in one, you know, and, and I'm not going to hold them up intentionally, but I'll take a minute and then go in. If, if I see them not wanting to move, then when I get ready, I move in. And then I know they got however many seconds they got to get in, but I don't know that I've ever just sat there intentionally and tried to fight somebody. But the only reason I would do that is if I knew they were not going to stage first, I'm going to pause. I'm going to make them think about it for a minute. Right. Now in saying this, I did get in one stage and duel last year, but I was in a street car and they were dialed like five fifty on the side. Of me. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, if you, if you're going to be the guy that tries to have a stage and duel against a street car, well, guess what? I'm not getting over like 185. So good luck, bud. That's right. Uh, it's true. And I got, you know, I mean, this thing 
the seat leaned back. You could. It, I thought it for a second. I thought it had heated seats, so I was having a good time in there anyway. All right, Bug. Anything else you got for us? No, sir. Man, we really appreciate you coming on. You have. Uh, we've had your whole team now, the whole family. Uh, we'll have to do a, a special episode for Trip later this year, though. He hadn't. He's been on the podcast, but he hadn't been featured yet. So maybe later this year we'll sneak him on here and get his input on all the competitiveness well, between the family. Well, it's his turn now. Oh yeah. Everyone else has turned on, you know, some pretty big wind lights. So there's a lot of pressure on Trip right now to uh, do the same. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like he's got a bright future and obviously got good cars and a lot of support. So he'll do just fine. Thank you, Bug, for coming on with us and uh, hope to see you soon, bud. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right. Tell the family we said hi. I sure will. I love talking to him. No, that's good, man. I mean, I like that conversation because we don't get into a lot of those uh, opinionated topics. We usually touch on maybe one, but we had an hour's worth of that for from him. So, it, and obviously being experienced in that big money scene. Yeah. I mean, you know, Doug McCarty's been around a lot longer than I have, and he's pretty much anyone you talk to uh their opinion of him is the same and it's not a bad one i mean he's very well respected very accomplished in a, what i like to call a bracket racing community or family of predominantly good guys he's at the top of the list of good guys oh yeah so and i realized i'm a lot older than i thought because i'm older than bug so <laughs> yeah i mean you're old as shit so <laughs> i was like Damn, I told him he had been around forever. And I, I meant that like he, he was experienced in the big money scene, but it came across that he's like, oh, I'm 48. And I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I got a couple on you, bud. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that no, was a lot of good times. So, all right. So, you're getting ready for this is going to drop on Thursday. So, this weekend, we're going to sell the uh, B Town Throwdown one more time because it's this weekend, right? Yep. B Town Winter Throwdown is this weekend. Uh, I'm excited. Um, I went to the uh, slot car million this past weekend and then got to talk to, I got to see a lot of my friends I don't usually see. And a lot of them had quite a few people say they're coming. So I'm a little bit more optimistic than I was uh, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, but you know, I'm excited. Uh, really the first thing, first event that I've tried to put on outside of what I call my home area, Texas and South Oklahoma. Um, so I'm excited. I know Brody's excited. Um, you know, we got our draft coverage, $5,000 main event, uh, the highest paying price tree race in Alabama. Um, so we're excited about that. We got shootouts, one off the top for a great American guaranteed million entry uh, and $2,000. And then runner up gets a dream team weekend entry. And I believe it was $600. I should probably know my flyer by now. Uh, <laughs> Then we obviously we have our Colbert promotions bottom bulb shootout with winner getting six hundred dollars and a weekend entry to the Labor Day two fifty k. Wow! Which I mean, it's going to be the highest paying footbreak race of all time. You should want to race that if you're if you've ever come off the bottom. Uh, and we got shootout spots available for both uh, runner up in that one getting four hundred dollars in a weekend entry to the fifteenth anniversary of the BTE World Footbreak Challenge. Uh, I sh- I'll be lucky enough to attend both events this year. Uh, so, yeah, we're excited. Bayleton, Alabama this weekend, B-Town Winter Throwdown. Then the following weekend, the second annual Slow Roller Bracket Nationals at Ardmore Dragway Street Car Bracket Race. Nine flat and slower. Uh, 
uh, must be driven through the gate. You can't tow it in. I don't care what tires you're on. I don't care what car it is. You drive it through the gate it, and dial it nine flat or slower. It's legal because unless that thing goes really slow, you ain't getting down the racetrack anyway because we ain't prepping it. And <laughs> I know like you get some people like, oh, yeah, it's no prep. And then, you know, they, they drag it and they sweep it. Whatever is on this racetrack since we last went down it in November, it's still on there now. And it's still going to be there when we roll up there for the first time run. That's the way it should be, brother. I mean, last we had a problem. Not really a problem. We had some guys last year that thought they were going to be, uh, think they're going to be slick. and brings, They traded their, their cars to like the gas station pretty close to the racetrack. And they drove them in around the corner mm-hmm. with their wives following them or the buddies following them with the truck and trailer. And I was like, all right, no, it's fine. Well, we had one of our competitors who uh, might've had too much fun out in the woods the night before and might've had a little bit of mud on the uh, underside of his hot rod that day. And he went down the racetrack and left mud on the racetrack. And those same people who uh, thought they were going to be slick came up and were like, Hey, y'all are going to clean the mud off the track. Right. Cause they're like, you're, your guys aren't doing nothing. I'm like, you saw on the flyer where it said no prep, right? Yeah, I'm not. That's prepping the racetrack. Straddle it. I don't know what to tell you. This is supposed to be a street car race. Dial nine flat. Yeah, there's always somebody trying to skirt the rules, but this is supposed to be a fun, slow, stock oh, yeah. type street and, car race to have some fun. And to show how well that worked, Kevin Martin won both races dialed like 11 flat. Yeah. So, yeah. no, it, it, but it is a fun time. We've had everything from, you know, like I said, like, race cars that could probably go seven seconds to Tara raced her challenger last year. I think she's going to race it again this year. She's giving me the thumbs up. So the house challenger, car. it's not a house car. She pays an entry <laughs> fee. She pays an entry fee. Uh, it might have to come out of my pocket, but she does pay an entry fee. Yeah. And <laughs> she gives me a thumbs up again. And then, I mean, we had a motor home go down the racetrack. I know. I was in, they made the magazine. Yeah. I mean, and there was like three or four people in it. No, I mean, we have a really good time with it. Um, so if you're within driving distance, which is anywhere from Ardmore, Oklahoma, come on for that. B-Town Winter Throwdown Practice Tree Race this weekend. Uh, the following weekend is the Slow Roller Bracket Nationals at Ardmore. Two fun weekends for, for me, and I get to be the uh, guy that gets to put it all on. So it's going to be fun for us, and then we go back to uh, being employees, I guess, after that. There you go. Well... Sounds like fun. I know the practice tree race will be a lot of fun and wish I was a little closer and could do a little street racing up there for you with you, but uh, I'm going to have to make one of those. I haven't raced a street car and that's how I started racing. And I I love that slow street car racing. It's so much fun. And especially on the eighth mile, that'd be even more fun. I used to do it on the quarter mile where you're dialed like 18 seconds or 19 Mm -hmm. seconds or something. And that's, it's kind of crazy. So anyway, lots of fun. Enjoy it. We're out of here. Uh, We'll see y'all guys next week. All right. Thank you, guys.